Welcome to the Silver Screen Guide Podcast, where we discuss films from every genre. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to our fourth and final installment in our Rambo retrospective series. If you've been following us, we have been reviewing all four Rambo films. This is the fourth film we're reviewing. Plus, for those of you who subscribe to our weekly newsletter, you will get that Commando bonus podcast that should be available at the time of this recording. This film today, we are discussing Rambo premiered in January. Oh, no. January of 2008. We'll explain here in a second why that's uh, it's not really a good thing. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone, he decided to direct this movie. Come back Whereas, for the reboot and direct it, yeah. Yeah. Whereas normally before I heard stories that he was always like trying to direct and push the director out of the way, say, hey, I wrote this thing, I want to do it this way. I don't believe really for the first one maybe, but then I think for the second and third he pretty much was like directing those without his name being applied to the credits. Yeah. But he gets his name on the credit this time. And, of course, it stars Sylvester Stallone. It also stars Julie Binns, Mm -hmm. Paul Scholes, Graham McTavish, and other people I just don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) There aren't very many big names in this one other than Sylvester Stallone. You're right. There's really not. Yeah. Except, I mean, I'd go so far as to say he's pretty much the only... Famous guy. Yeah. Uh, Graham McTavish. I know he actually played one of the dwarves in the recent Hobbit films. Really? Except he had a gigantic beard. You would not have known it was him at all. Huh. Didn't I know that? So, yeah. Didn't get it. I guess everybody didn't care enough to go look up who played the dwarves in those movies anyways. So I didn't either until I was watching a special feature with him out of makeup. Uh-huh. And then I thought, hey, why does he look familiar? Oh, yeah. That's him. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Sylvester Stallone is back riding, and he's got some new guy. I have no idea who he is. Didn't care to look up if he did anything else. His name is Art Monterastelli. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> this movie debuted 20 years after Rambo 3, which is a crazy time gap for there to be a sequel. Uh, yeah. More like a reboot. Yeah, and we know Stallone has recently loved to do that with... His films, he rebooted the Rocky Balboa, not just with Creed, but before that with, I believe it's just called Rocky Balboa. That was a reboot after a number of years. And of course, now he rebooted it again with Creed. So Mm -hmm. I I guess that's becoming more popular. I don't know. Uh, Vin Diesel's doing that with like all of his series, with the Riddick series, Triple X, maybe something else. They're just coming back to it after years of leaving it alone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we also get a, a different distributor oh, this time. I know. a lot more companies have worked on this one before. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you've, you've touched on the distributors in the past, yeah. but this one is uh, Lionsgate. Not TriStar. Mm-mm. Not TriStar. Lionsgate. TriStar is, for everybody's forgotten about TriStar yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Lionsgate <laughs> and a few other other companies that are just out there, but the big one is Lionsgate. Lionsgate, yeah, which kind of makes sense almost just. It seems like if your film's going to be violent, then you go to Lionsgate. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It seems odd. Okay, and surprisingly, this film's budget 
Yeah. Listeners, we like to give you a rundown of everything, just in case you're wondering why we talk about this stuff. We want you to know all the facets of the film, all the facets of what goes into it. This budget was actually $13 million less than the last film. Wow. Yeah, budget of $50 million. Dang. I did not expect that. Normally budgets increase, this budget actually decreased. I figured it'd be a lot bigger, you know, since it's more modern, too, so... You're right, yeah. It's probably a good thing that the budget wasn't more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this film domestically grossed $42 million. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of a flop. I in the for, in the foreign market, $70 million. That's, that's accounting good. for a lot of countries, though. With a worldwide total of $113 million. E. Compared to the other films, that's bad. Yeah, it didn't even double its budget. No. Just barely did, yeah, for the worldwide total. Yeah. This this is actually the lowest grossing Rambo film. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know this one came out until we were talking <laughs> about this series, doing the series retrospective. I was like, oh, yeah, there's a one that came out, 2008. <laughs> so. This is the lowest grossing Rambo film. This is really sad. It was opening weekend number two. I believe Rambo 3 might have been number two also. Yeah, that's right, it was. I never saw it, never will see it. It looks like total garbage. Meet the Spartans. Oh, I've heard of that one. It beat Rambo at the box office. Ouch. Opening weekend. And that that is coming out. This is no, this is January 2. So yes. this is like in the Hollywood dump. Yes. Listeners who don't know, January is normally a time when Hollywood takes all of their films they think are not going to be that profitable, that are normally cruddy. They dump them in January at the very beginning of the year. January, sometimes in the February, you can maybe catch a couple in March if you're lucky. But usually yeah. it's usually it's January, beginning of February. Hardly ever right. do we actually see a good movie come out in January. Like I think one one of the more recent ones I can think of is Selma. And one big box office hit was um, Deadpool in February, Valentine's Day. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah, Deadpool was inching out past that mark of the cutoff of when things can get cruddy to good. It kind of makes sense. We'll get into it with the review. Yeah. But films can normally only be mediocre at best if they're coming out in January. It, it is just proven. Go back and look at yeah. the records of what films have come out. You, have, we'll to be ex- you have to be extremely lucky to get a good film to come out in January, Which, in which case it's be just it'd be just interesting to have a film come out in January. That's a good one, you know. So Yeah, you're right. Surprisingly, though, to me, we'll get into it, this film is the second highest Rambo, has the second highest rating on IMDb. Yes, it does. For a Rambo film out of all four, it has a Mm 7.1. The first film, 7.7. The second film, 6.3, I think? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Third film, 5.7. I think it was a 5.9, but... Oh, uh, pretty, okay. Either way, it's it's uh, in pretty high fives. So I will say, when I saw it was a seven point one, it gave me hope. Yeah, I have seen this one other time. I basically remember nothing except just lots of shooting mm-hmm. and yelling. <laughs> and other than that, I didn't really know what to expect except lots of violence. Probably uh, this is probably on the harder side of R, just yeah. with the, kind of the gore stuff this is definitely the most uh violent probably definitely films just in terms of blood and stuff like that definitely but we'll get into the action a little bit later 
um, th- okay, this this film does have a body count of 236, though. Ooh. That's up at the records. I don't know what the record is. Yeah. I think Equilibrium might have a higher body count than that. Really? I, I, I might be. I could be wrong. I could be lower. That's That's got to be a record setter. Yeah. That's crazy. Killing in this. Man, I did not expect to be that <laughs> many, but yeah, I was wondering about how many, how would the body count would have been at the end of this film? Because especially the climax, it gets insane. It does. It really just pulls out all the stops, mm-hmm. which I don't know if Stallone and did that on purpose and the producers did that on purpose. They're thinking, well, we're, we got to up the ante, right. we got to up the action. We're coming back after 20 years. We can't do the same type of you know shooting and action we did the ones before we got to really make this just carnage and yeah. just crazy crazy violence i don't know i don't know whether that worked for them or not we'll get into it we'll talk about that a little bit but first i'll give you guys a plot john rambo is living life as a snake hunter in thailand which is very close to vietnam back in thailand for number three <laughs> When, when asked by a group of Christian missionaries to take them into Burma, he rudely refuses <laughs> until Sarah softens his heart and changes his mind. Once in Burma, the missionaries are immediately captured by the ruthless Burmese army. Upon hearing of their enslavement, Rambo, along with some of cinema's most horrible characters, I'm tipping my hand early on that, a group of loud, ma- loud foul-mouthed mercenaries traverse into the Burmese jungle where they capture and save the missionaries in a fiery, gruesome battle. Seemingly have come full circle, Rambo leaves that life behind and walks a lonely road once again back in the States. Or does he? As he approaches the house of his father as credits roll. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into this. I thought it was interesting how we're doing Burma. Yeah. For whatever reason, the last two Rainbow films have nothing to do with Vietnam. Right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I, I think it would be impossible, though, for them to have anything to do with Vietnam. Right. Just because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not in the best state, but... Right. I will tell you the reason this is with Burma is they always like to make things uh, politically current with the Rainbow films. Right. As we saw with Afghanistan in the last one, it was completely current to the times. This one is clearly sending a message. Look what's going on in Burma. It's horrible. We need to do something about this. We need to stop it. And, of course, Rambo comes in as the American hero who doesn't really even want to be American, it seems like, to save the day. And we begin the film with news footage, which is really violent. Yeah. Like. Gosh. <laughs> this movie does not start out like a normal Rambo film does. No. Usually one no. of usually it just starts off and then like kind of just shows Rambo in one of the opening opening scenes and but this one it starts off with a newsreel, then shows the late title card and then moves on to the, the current setting of where Rambo is at. Yes. The very odd setup. Yes. And after that this movie kind of follows a normal Rambo like formula for the most part. Right. It is. I guess they're trying to show you this movie's, I don't know, it's just like a really, it's a harder movie right off the bat. Yeah, it definitely is. Whereas with, right, the first one, you know, it's pretty tranquil, him walking through the mountains and stuff like that. Right. But this is just a really, we get a harder Rambo also. I mean, this guy is just jaded and just really hard. Yeah, and, and bigger. Uh, he's a lot bigger, again. <laughs> yeah. And his face is bigger because he's older. Exactly. And maybe plastic surgery. I don't know. I, I don't know. He had some, th- I don't know. Like, eh. yeah. Did, did your but, opening title card, it said John Rambo, right? No. 
Yours didn't say John Rambo? Did you not watch it? Did you not watch the same version as me? Maybe not. Because <sighs> mine said John Rambo on it. You watched the extended cut then. Oh. We're reviewing two different cuts, guys. I didn't really know there was an extended cut. <laughs> there is an extended cut, I believe, a year after. I, I personally don't own the extended cut, nor am I going to go out and purchase an extended cut for those few extra minutes of footage. Yeah, it didn't sound um, very much more. My disc, yeah, my disc does come with a few deleted scenes, which do add some character moments, which are probably included in the extended version, so I, that's all I need. Yep. But the extended version, I think it's like roughly eight minutes longer. Oh, is it? It also, I think, may take out a few things, like minor things, and add some things at the same time. Okay. Alternate material. I'm not sure, but if it says John Rambo, then yes, you saw... The extended cut. Well, I saw theatrical. Then I guess I guess we'll find out which parts are in the extended and which parts are not. Yes, we might. So you probably got more character development. Yeah, with the missionaries and stuff. I I read there's no extra violence added though. Okay, so we got the same amount of violence. Yeah, as both. And we'll we'll get there. But if there's no <laughs> extra violence, then there's really no reason to. At this point, no reason to buy the extended cut. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. But hey, but we get the classic score back. We do in the beginning. Yeah, we, we do. do. Yeah, we do. When he's like really peaceful and he's like hunting snakes with his friends right. up there in the Thailand mountain. I think I like this music a bit more than the others because it's a bit more orchestral, a bit more modern to it. It's a bit more mo- a modern tone. Sure. I, I actually didn't look up who did the music for this. Neither did I. But needless to say that it's the, still the same theme. It was probably rescored. Yeah. We'll get into the music later. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's all you need to hear for now. <laughs> yep. But I, I was just really glad right off the bat. After that really violent news footage, we get a very peaceful setting up in the mountains right. where he's a snake hunter with his people, and he buys snakes for tourists to watch a guy try not to get bit by a snake yeah i, I don't know I don't, how many tourists are up in the thailand mountains i don't know <laughs> yeah none that doesn't make any sense this opening scene is just weird because it doesn't really, doesn't really do weird. much for the rest of the movie at all it doesn't i guess it's supposed to show that he's he like hates america or something he wants nothing to do with it so he feels more of an affinity towards these southeast asian people yeah which really just, I kind of have a problem with because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. Vietnam was horrible. Why is he in a place so close to Vietnam? Why? I don't. And Troutman in the second movie said <laughs> that he calls that home. That's just a complete betrayal oh, of the yeah. character. And it doesn't make any sense why he's chosen these. I mean, like, all right, Rambo is in Vietnam from Vietnam, the first one. So let's just keep putting him back there. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I'm, I mean, if I were to guess... Um, the third one started off with him in Thailand, so I guess he just stays in Thailand. But the third one ended with him and Troutman running off together. So what happened uh, to yeah. Troutman? You know, and then in which case, why did why did he go back to Thailand? I don't, it, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense why he's in Thailand again. You know? Yeah, you're right. There's a huge, not just like a real life gap, but like a big story gap yeah. between the finale of the third film and where this picks up. Yeah. And Troutman was originally supposed to be worked into this film. He was supposed to have uh, a role where there was something supposed to be revealed about him. Hmm. I don't think anybody really cared. (laughs) Uh, Sadly, he did die, though. Yeah, that's right. 
before this happened. Uh, I mean, I, I am thankful, though. I will say that he's not in this film. It really, really, really wouldn't have worked. Yeah, I do kind of like who's not in this one. But at the same time, they could have at least made mention of it, which I don't think they did. I don't remember sure. there being any. Okay, well, originally, we'll get to it in the in the very end of the film when he comes back to his father's house. On the mailbox, is actually supposed to say Troutman. Really? Yeah, but I, I I think it's probably best he's going back to his family. Yeah, yeah. See, I was confused by that. I had no idea who our Rambo was. <laughs> but I, I guess we'll get there. There was a dropped line, I believe, about, oh, gosh, I don't even remember. Yeah. Something about his family and his dad. And I'm like, why aren't you back with them? What? Why is there such like a big schism? Like you don't even want to be with your dad or your family or something. It's really left unexplained. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot left open that we just don't know about right but and i'm i'm honestly confused with this rambo that we meet right off the bat i am too doesn't feel like the normal rambo it really doesn't at all yeah not the rambo that we've seen in the past three films exactly now i can kind of see that you know he's older now and so that way he's changed a bit more i can get that but it just almost feels like a completely different person sometimes he does because in the last film it's kind of like when he was driving off with Troutman, he had some sort of peace yeah. about everything. Like, he was going off to live a peaceful life, not saying his life isn't peaceful now. But he is just a grade-A jerk. Yeah, he is. I mean, is he still really carrying this chip on his shoulder from the first movie about Vietnam and everything that happened? I don't know. I can't tell, honestly. I don't feel like this movie's written in a way for us to really think about Vietnam, which is weird. You're right. I mean, the only thing that would make sense is if they retconned it and we were supposed to basically like ignore the second and third movie. And this was supposed to be him after he got out of prison from the first one. And of course, he'd probably still be bitter after that. And now he like moved out of the States because of that. But the film gives us no credence for that theory. Right. So I won't even entertain that. Theory, yeah, but that's the only thing I could think. There's just nothing here for all of this to happen, basically. So would you say this kind of feels disconnected from the the trilogy that we got before yeah it does feel kind of connected i get that they're trying to modernize the movie because that's definitely what they're trying to do here they're trying to make rainbow a bit more of a modern figure but i wish they keep a bit more with like the older rambo stuff because there isn't enough here for it to feel completely new but there isn't enough here for it to feel like it's still reckoning back to the old stuff too i think yeah. it's kind of just stuck in the middle it just doesn't feel right there's something wrong with this yeah, I completely agree. And it just threw me off when Rambo's very first line yeah. in the movie is the F word. Yeah. Writing. Uh, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of writing issues with this movie. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. And line delivery of how. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think he Stallone did a terrible job writing the previous films. But with this one, I don't know. He's He's slipping. Yeah, I think, I, I'll say this, I think he's acting here is at least better than the last two, a little bit better at least, but it's nowhere near the first one, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, the first is the best. Yeah. I'd almost say his acting, I probably preferred more after the first in, in the third one. Actually, yeah, I think I agree with you more. This. Either way, he's always a stoic, stone cold guy. Right, right. But, uh, so we get these missionaries. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we have to talk about them. 
we have to talk about them, but I think we should keep our comments to a minimum so as not to take up the whole podcast. <laughs> okay, I'll try. <laughs> All right. I don't like these missionaries. No. At all. No. Especially, especially the girl who ends up being the secondary main character next to Rambo. Of all people. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we meet these missionaries. They talk to a guy, and they're like, hey, go talk to Rambo, because he's, you know, trying to get to Burma. And so they go up to Rambo. He's like, hey, can you take us to Burma? And he says, ah, no. And the guy's like, well, we're trying to make a difference. Can you please take us to Burma? And the guy's, and Rambo asks, oh, did you bring any weapons? And then the, guy, the guy's like, uh, no, we didn't. He's like, well, then you're not trying, you're not changing anything. And then continues to walk. And so the guy says to the girl, no, the guy says, I think to the group or something like that. He just says, um, all right, well, let's not bother him. You know, obviously he doesn't want to take us. We can find somebody else. And the girl's like, no, I can get him. And so she walks up to him and she's like, hey, you need to take us. And then somehow talks him into it. Yes. After this, not just this time, she still says no. But then after like two or three more encounters, she just keeps coming back. And she's like, and Rambo each time says no until the last time when he basically just preaches to her saying that I've been places I've wasted my life. When we'll get there, I have something to say about that line. (laughs) Um, But he basically just says, um, fine, I'll take you after being patronized by this woman. And then they finally go. And the whole time when they're on the trip, they're just like. Well, don't bother him. He's just needs <laughs> to be alone or whatever. Like, that's not, that's not how that works. You know, right. that's not how that works. That doesn't make any sense. It does. Like, I understand, you know, giving him some space. If he says, give me some space. But th- at the same time, you could at least try and get to know the guy. You know, you're paying him anyways to take you someplace dangerous. So why in the world would you just like, like not even talk to him? You know, it just... <laughs> Well, yeah, they're uh, they're really kind of like selfish missionaries. They are. They're, they're like, very selfish. He's a jerk. He's probably going to hell anyway, so don't talk to him. <laughs> Who cares about, you know, bringing Jesus to him or anything? I mean, right. clearly the guy's got issues. I mean, at least they could do is just, I don't know. I, I do have serious issues with them like you do. Uh, Paul, yeah. the, um, the character of Michael, played by Paul Schultz, yeah. right off the bat, I am just... Like, oh, man, I'm going to have serious issues with you. Mm-hmm. The way you deliver your dialogue is yeah. terrible. Oh, your acting yeah. is terrible. Your character in general is terrible. I just despise you. You bug me. And then he's got his girlfriend, Sarah, I guess. Engaged, and, by the way. Oh, really? Which has nothing to do with anything else in the movie. What? I don't know if that was in the theatrical version because I had okay. not known that. It was. It was in mine. They get they. This is a throwaway line that were that they were engaged. Okay, I completely missed that. But she is annoying. Also, yeah, God, like just I her voice her. and everything. They're just. She's just. I'm so innocent. What's wrong with the world? All life is precious. <laughs> and I know what they're doing here too. They're trying to build up some characters so we can care about at least her. So that way, when she gets captured, then we ha- then Rainbow has some initiative to go after him, which he does not, by the way. Right. He does not. There's really no chemistry between Sarah and Rambo. There really isn't. They no. try. They try so hard, but, but it's, it's there's nothing there. so emotionally contrived. There's nothing there. there it's like, con- John Rambo himself distances from himself from her <laughs> for a reason. Okay. Uh, I mean... It- Gosh, which one? Which one is better or worse? I don't even know. 
Rambo and Co. from the second one or Rambo and Sarah? Well, I, <laughs> I don't even do think it's any competition. But if I, were to, <laughs> if I were to guess, I would have to go with Co. because she at least had something to her. She Yeah, she felt a little more organic than Sarah does. Organic, just... And that's not saying anything at all. <laughs> yeah. But, it, okay, and it's like, I think maybe the last time or something they're trying to, she's trying to convince him after many, there's a deleted scene. It's probably in your cut of her going into, like, his shop where he's, like, banging on the iron and she's trying to convince him. And so it's just, like, she does it so many times. And yeah. that moment when they're in the rain. Oh, gosh. It felt like something out of the notebook. I feel like she was going to kiss him. I did too. I was like, I think I had my notes somewhere. Are they going to kiss? Is this really what's going to happen? I wrote that down too. I was like, are they going to kiss? Uh, I just, uh, uh, yeah. To be honest, this almost feels like a Christian movie at first. I was thinking the same thing. And I was thinking of you watching this because for those of you who don't know, of course you wouldn't know. Alan, (laughs) well, Alan has seen his fair share of, Christian B movies, which oh, gosh. are very kind of cheesy. I'm not, I don't want to like sound too harsh in any way, but the dialogue is very stilted. Yeah. They're just not very well made films right. in terms of production value. We'll put it that way. Right. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is a proclaimed outspoken Christian. Mm-hmm. So I honestly feel he's trying to weave that in, that Christian message into this film. Definitely his own personal Definitely. personal views and whatnot. So I, I guess he's maybe trying to advocate for that. We need to bring Christianity to the Burmese people. I don't know, right? But and we, I like that about the film. I had no problem with that. Sure, it was just the character, the Christian characters themselves, just didn't feel right. They're just really not organic, and they're really no. annoying. Also, they are. They're really annoying, especially the the two the couple that are engaged. Michael and Sarah are the worst. Yeah, yeah. we don't get God, any of the others. They're really throwaway background. Yeah, characters. We don't even get their and, names. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think we do either. I, I I didn't in my version, and a couple of them die early on, and it's like, are we supposed to care about that? <laughs> well, honestly, it's. I mean, I applaud their efforts for going into Burma to bring medical right. aid and Christianity, but then at the same time, they're there for ten minutes. And then they yeah. get captured and they make the, the movie doesn't give them enough time to actually to actually show us and like a longer sense of what they're actually doing here. Yeah, they don't actually they don't ever give us the time to sit there and like say, oh, so that's what they're doing here and like show their own personalities as we're trying to administer like, these you now the, the village. Right. They don't show us that. And that's that kind of bothered me, too, because it's like, but but why should I care, though? You know, you're right. I I don't know. Instead of just telling us they're going in to do something good, why not show us that they actually are going in to do something good, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. They're just, I guess they're just trying to paint the hopelessness of the situation. I guess. But, oh, I did like it when Rambo, okay, he shoots all the pirates, which is awesome. When they're yes. on the boat at night. Just, right. Yes, that's the Rambo we want to see. That's the Rambo we love. But then we get this really super annoying line from Michael. When Rambo is going to shoot the guy. And he's like, no, all life is precious. I'm going to say that five more times just so you know. And I and they can yeah. set it up for the end, which something happens in the end. We'll get to. Oh, yeah. I have something to say about that scene, too, actually. <laughs> just like the point out is 
probably been years since Rambo has picked up a gun. Probably. And then just somehow picks up when he puts up his pistol is able to blow them all away without wasting a shot. It just gets them all in the same in the same run. Like, are you for real? I know what these movies have taught us. If anything, is that Rambo is literally perfect. I guess nobody can match him. He's always the best at everything. Right, he can do everything, which is kind of fun for a movie. But yeah, you're right. From a realistic standpoint, it's like eh, I don't think so. Right, and I mean it's fun, but at the same time, there's nothing there that I could believe that he could still do this you know it's been yeah. years it's been literally years yeah. probably decades yeah, it has been decades but I mean in a movie since it has been decades it's been 20 <laughs> years you know so yeah well but the good thing that comes out of it is we get to watch Michael uh grabbed by the throat and shoved up against the boat Rambo yells at him true kind of made true. me feel a little better uh, that yeah. sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also yeah. speaking of overused lines when rambo says you're not going to change anything that's overused i think also when he says you're not going to change anything you're not going to change anything oh. you don't have guns you're not going to change anything like yes they get it you know you're like a yeah you're like a broken record they're like broken records we get it you know yeah he says that a lot and you know what i wrote in my notes we get it john you're the most cheated person in the whole world who hates <laughs> everyone <laughs> basically <laughs> i mean they're really trying to drive home that point <laughs> yeah it's uh, oh yeah and in the line when he says that he wasted his life away <laughs> earlier which we i we actually skipped past it i just i just remembered it right now that line when he's talking to what's her the girl and he's like i threw my life away you know and it's like I, he's, he talk about, he's talking about how he wasted his life i don't and remember stuff. that that might be in the extended cut okay all right well I think it was a conversation in the rain with the girl. Oh, okay. I can't even, honestly, I can't even remember her name. <laughs> but, Sarah? Uh, yes, yeah, Sarah, that's the name. That's right. Okay, well, what happens is um, she goes to his boat, and then he gets up for some reason, and then um, and then finds her in his boat, and he starts talking to her, and she's telling him, hey, we need to go in there and make a difference. And he's like, no, you're not. And she's like, yes, we are. And he said, listen to me, I've wasted my life doing this kind of thing. And I was like, no, you have not. <laughs> no, sir, you have not. It was just, it was so dumb because I could understand maybe in the first one saying he's wasted it because the cops come after him and he had nothing to do with it. Yeah. That would make sense. But when he goes back to Vietnam and actually does something and then goes to Thailand and does something there, that's not wasting your life. You've done something. Yeah. You know, you actually done something good for the world, not just gone there just to just to blow up people. You've actually done something. It doesn't make any sense. That line is just so bad. Yeah, so that does sound bad. Uh, well, there's there's a lot of things that are wrong with the dialogue and line delivery, and everywhere when Rambo's like, "We're going back, we're going back." This happened. We're going back, and she just like touches him on the hand, yeah, on the arm. And I wrote, "A woman's touch makes Rambo change his mind." <laughs> It I just doesn't guess. make any sense. It's, it's kind of cheesy. She it doesn't does, make any sense. Somehow, she's just like a magical crutch for Rambo. Every time she talks, <laughs> and he changes his mind completely. I know. And I don't, I don't know if... I'm pretty sure I've seen her in other things before. And I don't think her voice sounds like that. But her voice yeah. just kind of wore on my nerves also. Yeah, It's just same. too soft and innocent. and Yeah. Gosh, just, I, don't know. Uh, I know. I'm sure I sound really cynical right now. <laughs> but... I wrote, so far it feels like a violent Christian B movie. 
Honestly, yeah, it kind of kind of does. Oh, okay. And then Michael says, "I'm going to have to report this." Oh yeah, the ships, the pirates. Report it oh, to him. Exactly what I was thinking. I was just like, "Okay, who are you going to report it to?" You know what? The pastor. Yeah. The guy who comes back comes later. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, you know what? This makes me think of the film of the Dream Team, which is a phenomenal film, by the way, where Christopher Lloyd who thinks he's a doctor there, but he's really, he's one of the mental patients. Um, this guy, they're like walking in Chicago or something or New York and a guy litters and he picks up his litter and he says, you know what? I'm going to have to report this. <laughs> it's like to who, you know, yeah, out in the yeah, real world. <laughs> but th- so then they drop off the group and then they have this montage Okay, I, I, I said, yeah, editing and cinematography choices. Like, it is bizarre. Having a montage for what happened two seconds ago. Well, and a really bad one at that. Yeah, it didn't even... Okay, I understand what they're going for. You know, he's coming back and he sees the boat of the guys that he killed earlier. I understand that. I understand why he would didn't, you know, maybe have something come back to him, right? Yeah. I get that. The problem is that they actually used the flashbacks that we just saw five minutes ago to try and explain this is what Rambo is feeling right now. You know, and trying to lead us in as an audience like, can't you relate? Yeah, I can relate. But at the same time, I don't need to see what just happened. Hmm. I don't know if that's in my cut. All I saw was him driving the boat, mad, throwing gasoline on it and cutting between the missionaries. Are you saying there was footage from a few minutes ago? Yes. Oh, there is gosh. flashback footage in black and white. Really? Rambo, when Rambo kills all the people, it's that basically it's that flashback. It kind of cuts in between as he's like dumping the gasoline on the guys and stuff. That was really. I, I got issues with that too. A, the editing is bizarre. Yeah. Just cutting between yeah. him and he's like angrily pouring gasoline on the ship and yeah. throwing things and driving it into the sticks and then it's cutting back between you know nice peaceful missionaries you know helping people right make it. and the music is really bad i think this is when i first started noticing this is, that the soundtrack is terrible yeah it's such a confusing scene and i know what they're going for you know yeah but at the same time i mean you could have done this better you could have done this so much better or just not done it at all <laughs> yeah or at the very least you could have just left it at just ramble trying to cover up what he did you know and then him just drive off. But they had to add the missionary stuff in there. Right. But even then I have issues with that because it's like, why don't you just take their boat? It's way better than That's yours. That's what I was and saying. It has giant machine guns on it. You could have, okay, you could have either took the boat and skidded past any more of those pirates You've if you had, had to. Yeah. No problem had, at all. I had a big issues with that. It didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. It just, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what doesn't also make sense is when they put the title cards of the different villages on the screen. Yeah, like, I know where those are at. <laughs> and they're super long, and we can't pronounce them at yeah. all. I'm just and like, the fact that they never used the names in the village <laughs> in the first place. So why would I need to know what know. village this is? I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, what? I can't even read these. What? Where is this at? I know. I know. It's... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> oh, this, I want to say this real quick. Yeah, when we get the sermon in the village, that quick scene, you know, when Sarah's like walking around the entire village. Oh, yeah. And we can hear this like guy doing a sermon. It just sounds hilarious. I was just cracking up. He's like, Lord bless us and we will be one child. <laughs> I'm just like, what are yeah. you saying, man? That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But the explosion that follows really took me by surprise. 
Yes, it did. Took me by surprise too. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's what they were going for. Mm-hmm. But at the is... same time, I wish I had a bit more of the Christians doing their stuff here. Right. Before I can feel for them, not just like, here's a quick scene of what they're doing. And then cut right straight to the action when they bomb the whole place. Yeah, I just, it kind of confuses me because they're making a movie clearly to make a point that look what's going on in Burma, oh, yeah. this is terrible. But then at the same time, it's almost like they're trying to make the point that Rambo is, you're not going to change anything. Right. So the movie almost feels a little self-defeating in yeah. that sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It really does. Yeah. You know this movie is actually banned in Burma. Is it really? Yeah. Burmese government, this movie is banned in that country. I can see why. Yeah. It makes sense. But yeah. this scene where they're coming into the village is crazy. Like, it's graphic and really disturbing. Yeah, it is. It's very disturbing. And this is completely different from the other Rainbow films we've seen. Oh, yeah. This is like a, almost a completely different movie almost when it gets to this scene. Yeah, we, we've had tons of violence before. But it's never been this gritty, this real. We see children getting shot at point blank and yeah. just ripped from their mother's arms and thrown into a fire. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. And I mean, I understand they're going for realism, but then almost it's like, okay, we get how horrible it is, but we don't need to go that far with the realism. But we clearly right. get how bad it is. Ex- yeah, ex- I'm totally with you on that. It's a bit too over the top, I would say, for at least for trying to be realistic. Well, would you also say that this scene's also somewhat emotionally contrived when it, like, goes silent? We just get the music playing in the background like it's Schindler's List or yeah. something. Yeah, I I would think so. They're, they just don't give us much to care about. That's the problem. They're trying to make us care about something that they've spent zero time developing. That's 100% right. So I just don't see why I need to care. I mean, yeah, what's going on in Burma is bad, but why, you know? Yeah, we also get to see the main bad guy of the Burmese army, which is just terrible. Yeah, honestly, I kept forgetting there was actually a main bad guy to this movie so much, so many times. They'd come back to him like, oh yeah, that guy. This is the most underdeveloped one, probably. The one who probably has the least amount of screen time. Yeah, and it's just so annoying. I really don't care for it in movies when they're showing the bad guy and he's never doing any of the dirty work. He's like standing in the background, all mysterious with his sunglasses on at night or something stupid like that not doing anything and i'm just like gosh all right clearly he's the main (laughs) antagonist he's not gonna do anything you know but for whatever reason they kill a lot of the villagers but then take the girl to rape her probably i get that part i guess that's true I didn't think about that when I read these notes but then they also take other they take all the missionaries except for the one that i think died i i don't remember all i know is that they pretty much kill all the Burmese or make them run through a rice paddy landmine field. Or, yeah. And then they don't kill any of the missionaries except maybe one, I guess. You're right. There was one that got killed. I remember now. And they just, just hold them prisoner. We don't see them get tortured yeah. or anything horrific really happen to them at all except them just tied up in yeah. cages. Nothing really much happens after this no. anyway. So. And, okay, this is where we get the dream sequence montage, which you didn't like. I mean, I understand why it's there. But at the same time, it's kind of like, it's basically just recapping the last films, yeah, you know? Yeah, I would have... It seems kind of out sure. of place, but I kind of get why it's here. I agree that it does seem out of place, but at the same time, I think it's, like, really well put together. As far as montages go, personally. 
just the way they're cutting between everything and using everything i don't know i guess they're trying to show us that rambo is like still haunted by his past big time i will tell you that it's probably my favorite part of the movie so far (laughs) (laughs) just because i thought it was kind of a cool recap of all of the movies and i guess probably the reason they did that is because it's been 20 years since rambo 3 and well over three decades since the first film and probably almost nobody some people coming to this for the first time may have never seen the previous three right so i guess they needed that to kind of help establish this character and just reacquaint audiences with them after 20 years of absence right i mean i like the scene but at the same time it's i don't know it just feels kind of kind of weird honestly sure I, I, it feels just kind of disconnected from the rest of the film because it never comes back to this ever again. Right. The only thing that I can really make sense of it is we get the line that's kind of used heavily, Troutman's line from the third film when he's like, you need to come full circle. Yeah, we do get that And I guess he's like, he's like still fixated on that. And my only guess is when the very end of the film, when it does come full circle with the very first yeah. film. But, but we, I do really love it actually the very end of the montage when you're hearing like john rambo rambo and you like see him wake up yeah. in the cave from the very first movie and then there's like a lightning flash yeah. and it's him you know 35 years later or whatever i thought oh that's that's pretty cool editing i did like that i, I did like that. that i enjoyed that and then we get the pastor we get the pastor who flew all the way from colorado just to deliver this message wasn't that nice of him in how long did it take him uh yeah and and why the pastor why not somebody else? Why not a phone call? I, yeah, I went on a phone call. Maybe somebody relaying I the message. I know they have phones in Thailand. I'm sure they do. I mean, how would how would they know they got captured? Is my question. Because I know that he there's a throwaway line that he was contacted. They had they had gotten yeah. captured. I I don't know. I just I don't understand why the pastor comes. I don't. I didn't really I put much in my notes about it except for. It's very odd, like we've stated, that the pastor of a church would fly all the way out there just to tell him that and then supposedly fly all the way back home. We get no more of what this pastor's doing if he's working behind the scenes to free his people or not. It's just a catalyst for Rambo to go into Iron Man mode. Well, even that, not really, because he all he needs to do is just take a group to where they dropped them off. And that was all he's supposed to do. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. But we know from that point that Rambo is planning on going in, you know, lone wolf, whatever, like normal. We know once the pastor comes in and says, I need you to take this group of people there to where you dropped them off. We know Rambo is going to get into this. There's really no question about it. Right. And honestly, we get another, we get the sequence after that. It felt like Iron Man to me. When Tony Stark's banging on his, his iron in the cave. In the first movie, yeah. I was like, this is oddly like Iron Man, which I'm pretty sure came out in 2008 yeah. also. Yeah, it did. But was much better. <laughs> pretty sure it did, at least. All right. But Rambo, also, he makes the decision too quick again, as he always does. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yes. Always. Gosh. Oh, yes. gosh. Oh, we're the mercenaries. Oh. <laughs> I. Do you I not like the mercenaries, them. Corbin? <laughs> I hate them so much. Explain. I want to hear your oh hatred. Oh my gosh. Because I'm not a oh big fan of either. The leader, Lewis, played by Graham McTavish, possibly the worst character ever. <laughs> He's just, he, I mean, ugh, I hate this character so much. And, and also, it's just the strangest group of mercenaries ever. 
and they all hate each other too yeah they're all jerks they're like shut up you bleep 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 and they're just they're i just i always hated in movies when you've got like a group of people and it's like how did you even get together we've got this guy from like somewhere i don't know louisiana the southern louisiana guy we've got this guy from somewhere in the middle east we've got an asian guy we've got a scottish guy we've got another european guy schoolboy. oh boy oh boy they're terrible <laughs> yeah i maybe in the extended edition they were a bit more developed I didn't like them, but they didn't bother me too much. But at the same time, I agree. How did they? How did this group of people get to be it's together? Just you know, ridiculous. I mean, I think they're terrible characters. They're terribly written. We get this guy singing such annoying songs all the time. Everybody's yeah. telling him to shut up. The main guy, Lewis, is by far my least favorite. The Scottish guy, the whatever yeah. he. I mean, also just his like his mouth is just crazy it's like gosh no it's just so unnecessary and it's like man i just want to punch you in the face and throw you overboard gosh you're the worst it it doesn't make any sense because the rest of this film for the most part is pretty clean and it comes to language until this guy gets here every two seconds then it just blows the doors open with all the f-bombs like whoa gosh i don't know i just can't stand any of these people schoolboy is probably the the most tolerable but then at the same time, he's still annoying. Yeah. And with, with me, I honestly remember none of these characters except for the leader. He's the only one that I remember actually remember from this group only because he had the mouth on him. And it's just like, ouch. That's If you have writing like that, you know, then it's not good writing. You're right. And honestly, he's just like a girl. He just wants Basically, someone to yeah. gossip with and complain with. Yeah, because he's just like, why won't anyone talk with me? I'm just going to keep talking and rambling and rambling. Yeah, and then he goes up to Rambo and he's trying to talk to Rambo. Rambo just isn't giving him nothing. I and know. he starts getting mad at Rambo for giving him nothing. And it's just like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, but see, personally with me, there's a difference between an annoying character that works because yeah. they're they're like necessary to the story. You know, there has to be an antagonist if there's going to be a protagonist. You know, but then there's a difference between a character that the audience just turns against. Yeah. And I can't stand. I want him out of the movie. He is diminishing the experience of the movie for me. And that's yeah. Lewis's character, Graham McTavish's character. Uh, I want him out of the film. He's he's bringing it down for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I can get why they would have a character that's a bit more rough. And it's kind of like this. I understand kind of why they would have this. Yeah. But... At the same time, they're used to doing this kind of thing. So it makes sense why they'd all be kind of hard and stuff like that. It, that makes sense to me. But the problem I have with it is that they just aren't written well. I just don't really no. care for any of them. No. You know, and when they get captured later in the film, I, I still don't care. There's nothing There's nothing this movie gives to any, each one of them individually to make them I feel like an actual team. Yeah. They're just people to do a job. You're right. And... Honestly, I kind of see the Sly Stone getting some ideas for his Expendables movie. Yeah, definitely. Because it's all about mercenaries, except the Expendables is far, far better than these guys. Yeah. And honestly, Lewis, the character, he does not need to be this annoying. He really doesn't. A little goes a long way with him, but yeah. they put way too much of that boat scene. And yeah. it was actually, like, he was impatient, and I was actually getting impatient, because they were, they were showing that boat way too much, and I'm like... Man, okay, you don't need to show the boat in real time. You know? Right. The scene just took way too long and tried so hard to build character, but it just wasn't landing it. There's the writing, the good writing that was, the, was supposed to be here to build these characters is not here. All right. And it's just, they're just there. 
they're not even characters, I'd say. They're just kind of just there. Yeah. Well, and you know, by this time, I decide to check the clock on the movie, and we're, <laughs> we're 41 minutes in. With hardly any action. With hardly any action. And for those of you who listened to our First Blood Part 2 podcast, you'll know I had an issue with this very thing. But at least Part 2 had some action. Some dang awesome action at the end. At the end, yeah. I, I'm going to go so far as to say probably better than this, personally. We'll get there. We'll get we'll there. We'll get there. But this, I'm, we're 41 minutes in. And I'm like, all right, we really need to get this moving. They should have been there by now. You know, this movie is short. Yeah, it's only an hour and a half, like the rest of them are. Yeah, it's just an hour, like barely an hour and a half. I think with credits, it's actually shorter. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. Like this camp, this Burmese camp, you know, they give us like some really stupid long title card. Yeah. I'm like, dang, <laughs> these poor people, the Afghanis thought they had it bad in Rainbow yeah, 3. Right? They were living good compared to these people. These poor exactly. People. <laughs> exactly. That's terrible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Should make a joke, but it's true. <laughs> Yeah. Well, finally, Rambo, after they tell him to stay with the boat, boatman, these dumb mercenaries are so afraid they're not going to do anything. Rambo just leaps out, shoots him with an arrow. I was like, yeah, that's good. That's right. Okay, they get so far, and they're just like, <laughs> okay, no, we're getting out of here. Yeah, we are leaving. And it's like, now. no, you were on a job. They feel like cowards. They are. But I do like it when... Rambo, he points the arrow in Lewis's face and he gives yes. him an awesome monologue. That was cool. One of I like that. Parts of the movie. I was, yeah, really put him in his place. Well, when we finally get to the scene, the part where they're invading the camp, this is when it's really feeling like First Blood Part 2 to me. Yes, very much so. But I will, I'm going to say, I think I like this scene better than First Blood Part 2. I think it's done better. Yeah, I, I kind of like how they're all like jumping off the truck. At yeah. their own points and each doing their own thing. I do like that. I think the music during it's uh, really bad, though, if I remember right. Yeah, and the music's not working for me at this point. I know. But I will say, uh, the scene, like, I thought it was a good scene overall. I uh, feel like the very end is when I finally caught the intensity of the scene, but it wasn't for very long. Right. This camp scene is also cut very oddly, I feel. Yeah, I can see that. It intercuts a lot between the men watching the women dance. Yeah, that was weird. We get a lot of cuts between that. Yeah, and that many cuts wasn't really needed for this for this scene. It, it wasn't. And then when they start throwing them off the stage and... Yeah. It's like, we get it. it that, that didn't work for me either. It was very weird. And I also say it's very convenient that literally every single soldier was in there. Yeah. You know? Very uh, convenient. All preoccupied. Oh, I thought it was funny when Rambo says, where's the girl? Like, he can't even remember her name, and that's, like, the yeah. whole point he's going in for. He's like, why didn't he say, where's Sarah? If he Why do you listen? care about the girl, though? Uh, uh, this main bad guy, I don't know if they did it to make him more despicable, but he's this homosexual who molests these young men or something. Or Is, is that what he does? I just saw the door close, so I was like... Is he really? No. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty right? sure that's what was going on. Okay. Well, I mean, the movie didn't ever explain it. I just, I guess I just didn't really think about it. Sure. It was kind of weird though. I mean, uh, yeah. And I'm like, well, is this just trying to show how bad he is? Maybe. And you know what I thought was terrible is when the mercenary threatens to kill Michael, the missionary. Yeah. He just like what grabs him and body slams him to the floor. Like, I'm going to kill you. It's like. You know, you're here to rescue him, right, man? Stop trying to show how tough you are. <laughs> These are the worst right. mercenaries ever. 
at first they want to get out of there because they're scared. And now it's like, okay, now we have these guys. Let's kill him if he's going to, you know, interrupt the plan. Right. Like, really? That's not how you do things. No. Goodness. It, I know. But finally, Rambo rescues Sarah, thankfully. But yeah. he rips that guy's throat out. Yeah. That was... What the uh, heck? Uh, it's like, yes, we get it, Rambo. You're crazy. and We never seen him do anything like this before. Yeah. It just felt kind of weird. It, it felt very weird. But I gotta say, though, getting yeah. to that point when he gets Sarah... And they're just kind of running through the camp and trying to get out. I thought that was really intense. I thought that was good. For those few seconds, it was good. <laughs> yeah. And, like, when he's when he's um, going to, like, jump on Sarah and get shot for her. Yeah. All I could honestly think about, though, was that's really going to hurt her back when he lands yeah. on her. <laughs> yeah. I think it'll do more harm to her. We broke You know? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of this guy with the sniper, how did he get there because he just shows up and then starts walking around the camp and like taking out guys with his sniper rifle well there was a scene that showed him like sneak up on high and like stab this guy and like get some position right right i guess i'm just kind of confused as how we got there like got like before in front of the in front of the truck before they got there oh yeah i don't know maybe i missed something or whatever but i i didn't notice it either yeah. Yeah, we still have some edit. I have some editing issues with this. We won't get into it because, well, I'll just ramble on about it probably. <laughs> but, all right, when they're running away, there's 28 minutes left of the movie. Is there really? There is, but that feels too short to me. It, yeah. Because that's like, this is the end. This is the end when they're running away and everything and stuff. See, I th- I was like, I was confused. I didn't know this was the, uh, was this was the climax. This, yeah. I was so confused. I was like, wait, is this the climax? You feel the same way as me. Yeah. It just, it didn't really, it didn't feel like it built up enough for it to become the climax until halfway through the climax was already started. Right. But we get more, I feel like we get more action in First Blood Part 2 because Rambo escapes with Ko in First Blood Part 2. They go off together. He has to fight the Vietnamese in their camp. He goes back steals a helicopter blows up the camp then he goes back to murdoch i feel like there's just so much more going on with that yeah this is awesome when rambo like mans that giant gun but personally i i think i like first blood part two's ending action better because it just feels a lot more fast paced and we also get okay we're missing the iconic sequence that rambo's become known for when he picks off the people one by one exactly we didn't get that that here i know i was kind of disappointed with that that's my favorite one of my more favorite parts of the uh, older rambo films was was that scene i feel like we're just missing some stuff yeah with this i don't know i feel like they're just too focused on wrapping up the movie or something yeah and i mean i really do like this scene when rambo mans the gun and starts like just mowing people down Mm -hmm. i think it's really cool and really um, a lot of fun this is finally when the movie picks itself up and just goes for it but there's a lot more action in First Blood Part 2 that feels a lot more satisfying than this one does. Yeah. Because even after this extended scene of that, of the real climax actually taking place, it doesn't... I don't feel like it like completely gives to me what it had been missing the entire film, which is exactly what First Blood Part 2 did. It gave me exactly what I missed the entire film in terms of when I was setting up stuff. And then gives me all the action in the end. And this one, it sets up a bunch, some action, very little, no characters at all, and then just bam, here's this insane scene out of nowhere. I completely agree. And I, I feel, I mean, it is satisfying though. I mean, yeah. this is what we've been waiting this whole movie for is this, like a big action scene. That's what we always get with the Rambo films. 
it's just too late in coming, I think, and it's just too quick, almost a little too easy with him just spraying these Burmese soldiers coming down the hill, target practice, you know, uh, yeah. lots of very violent footage, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's way over the top and a lot of fun, but at the same time, it feels maybe a bit too, maybe it's reaching too far. Sure. Because the other ones were not where, nowhere near this violent. You're you're completely right, and honestly, I'd say the violence is almost a little too much for me. Just, I mean, we get it's it's cool when he like chops that guy's head off, right? And starts shooting everyone, but then it's just a little too much for me all at once. It's like they're trying to make up for what they lacked for the whole movie. They're packing right, it into right. like this ten minute sequence right here, right? right. And it just I don't know, I. I didn't think a movie was a bit too much. I feel like maybe it's a bit over, like a bit too over the top for what it was trying to go for from the previous Rainbow films. But at the right. same time, at the same time, yeah, I agree. It, it just comes on way too fast. It does, and we also get Michael who kills someone with a rock and gives us really funny like, "Oh, I can't believe yeah. I did that!" Huh? Yeah, it, you know, it, it, <sighs> that's set up from the beginning when he was like, "All oh, life is precious. We should never take a life." And then he, you know, he's forced to kill this guy, and it wasn't satisfying. I don't know what they're trying to prove with that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I- exactly. Rambo gets shot. Oh yeah, and how long does that injury last? <laughs> <laughs> well, at the moment, at the time when he got shot, I was I was glad I liked it because I liked it that he got shot in the third one also. Yeah, because it shows he's just not invincible, even though it's like because he's, he's been invincible the whole movie, right? But right. and you know what? Honestly, I do feel the emotion at the end when everyone's crying, and yeah, it's been I pretty hard too. for him. I mean, it's been like a pretty violent, traumatic experience. So, oh yeah, I mean, I really don't have any emotion throughout the whole movie except for when those poor Burmese people are just being terrorized to the extreme, and yeah. you know, having their children thrown into the fire and whatnot. But this scene, I was like, all right, well, that's somewhat emotionally satisfying for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the movie pretty much wraps up kind of where it began with First Blood. Kind of, him yeah. walking that road in nearly the same outfit with that same kind of bag. Really big callback to the first film. And in no ending song. No ending song, you're right. We get the ending kind of music, the score... But no song. Whatever score there was. But yeah, just there's no ending song there usually is. And it just felt weird. Usually the end with the song. At first I didn't think about it. And then, yeah, it clearly hit me. That there's no uplifting song. I, You know what? They could have done something that wasn't easy. cheesy like back then. Yeah. You know. I, I feel like that would have been really easy to do. It, I don't know. They should have done something, I feel. And you know what? I sat through the whole thing for, with Rambo walking down the whole driveway it was terrible. I did too. It was. I thought it was really hard for me to do that, but I did it just to see if he made it or not. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, "Is he actually going to walk the entire way?" He does. Make sure he didn't like collapse from heat exhaustion. Yeah, with his like winter clothing in in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. I know. I miss the closing song. I do too. Even the last two weren't that good. It's, yeah. just, it's one of those rainbow things, you know? Well, and you know, it's kind of sad. With the closing song of three, I didn't care for it at all. So the closing songs ended on a sour note for me. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's come full circle. He's with his dad. Supposedly. I yeah. don't believe we will ever get a Rambo 5 after this. Yeah. I mean, since 2000, I believe the month after this came out, 
Sylvester Stallone said, I'm, I'm writing the script for Rambo 5. <laughs> and he has been the most probably fickle person about this ever since Rambo 5 ever came mm-hmm. up. He would say, I'm writing it. He'd be like, no, I'm not writing it. Then he'll be like, yeah, I'm getting back on it. It's a new thing. I told you one of the concepts was to make him versus Predator. Essentially, it was like a hybrid uh, beast. I don't know if it's technically name brand Predator, but essentially Predator knockoff. Him fighting one of those. Uh, It's There's been many different titles. Rambo, Roman numeral V for five. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is. The one that I think would be the best title. It's called Last Blood. That'd be a nice title. Yeah. I would like that. But I don't think we're ever going to get that. I mean, it's really... It, it was actually January of this year. I don't think Rambo, the franchise, is dead. No, I don't think it is either. Uh, supposedly Fox or something. I think it's Fox is in talks for a TV show, which may focus on his son. Okay. And because I think Sly Stone is handing the mantle off to somebody else. Okay. Or it may have been about him and his son. There, I mean, we'll, in our review on the website, we'll link to that wiki article that is kind of lengthy discussing all of the potential Rambo film, Rambo 5 Goodness. concepts that are out there. And if there <laughs> will ever be one. Personally, we do not need another film after this. We really don't. You should have all the Rambo fill you need. I feel like even after three, it should be just just three, the first three. Yeah, and I mean, that's a question we didn't really bring up, but one we should probably discuss a little bit. Did we need a fourth Rambo film? 20 years later, did we need a fourth Rambo film? I don't think so, because I did not know about what's going on in Burma until this until I was watching this movie. And I did a little research, and I just know basically that there's a bunch of bad stuff going on in Burma because of, uh, I think it was like a government change or something like that. So, I don't know. I don't think we needed one. Because, I mean, if it was, like, about the war in Iraq now, then I guess I could see why that would be a Rambo film. Or like Rambo versus ISIS or something. I mean, yeah. of course, it could be an infinite number of political things. I mean, R- Rambo really worked best in First Blood. Right. And everything after that was... It really paled in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. If you want to hear our review and our final thoughts on that, go back to the archives and listen to those podcasts. But I just don't think audiences really needed to come back to Rambo when he's in his 60s or 70s or whatever after 20 years. Exactly. And the box office numbers clearly show that the audiences were not eager to come back. Exactly. It's the lowest grossing of them all, so. Right. And that's why I don't think, I definitely don't think that Stallone should come back. You know what? Creed came back and Stallone actually got an Oscar nomination. Right. For that. And I, I've heard it's great. I haven't seen Creed yet. So uh, I just don't, maybe if they do something like a spinoff like that with the Rambo series, it may work. But right. I don't really like the idea of his son. Uh, yeah. I know I don't like those those concepts because they just they, they seem too grasping, kind of like with Indiana Jones four oh, with Shia yeah. LaBeouf. Goodness gracious! I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Not until we get into the retrospective. Oh, if we ever do one. I'm sure we will. That's gonna hurt. Oh gosh, yeah. I don't think though that they should reboot the franchise and recast him. Yeah, I don't either. I don't think we should have like you know an Iraq 
vet who comes back or a Afghanistan vet who comes back and has the same uh-huh. issues. Leave the series alone. There's plenty of material out there. It's, it's, it's done. Yeah, and the problem with that, if like someone from Iraq came back, it would not have the emotional hit that the first one did because the first one actually had a reason to exist. Right. If a veteran came back from Iraq, then he would be there would be no problems because right. um there wasn't that people in the United States being really mean towards all the veterans because of what they saw on television without getting the context of it all. Right. That's why First Blood worked for part one worked so well is because at the time or it was right when the Vietnam in war just ended, so it made sense why that movie needed to be there, you know. Yeah. If that would have come back, I don't feel like that would be the best. It wouldn't make much sense. No, and there's plenty of those movies out there already. Oh yeah. With uh there's American Sniper most recently. Oh, Jarhead. Yeah. There's plenty of movies that kind of already deal with that. So right. I just really I think this is the end. I really don't think we'll ever revisit this retrospective series for Rambo right. Last Blood. Right. So with exactly. with that, Alan, what is your final thoughts and recommendation for Rambo? Okay. Um Going into this movie, I had no idea what to expect because the rating on IMDb seemed to be awkwardly high. Like, I was like, this is kind of awkward, like, really high, honestly, for a fourth rendition and a reboot mm-hmm. of a series that just com- that just kept getting worse as time went on, at least in terms of IMDb ratings. So I didn't know what to expect. I was hoping maybe it's good because I remember you telling me that it's crazy violent and a lot of, you know, it's a bunch of violence in it and it's a lot different from the other ones. And I was kind of hoping that maybe be better than the other ones, you know? And for the first few minutes, I was like, okay, I'm trying to get into it, you know, and I'm thinking maybe, maybe I'll wait until the action comes and then we'll get into it then. But then the Christian, the group of Christians, missionaries come in, uh, come on the scene and the girl just annoyed the crap out of me. I was just like, okay, this is getting kind of weird. What's going on? And then as the movie progressive, progress as the movie goes on it tries so hard to bring in these emotional conflicts that have hardly any set to them at all and one of my things in my notes one of the big things in my notes i had over and over again was please explain because i don't feel like this movie explains enough it explains like just the right amount for you to understand it but not enough for you to comprehend it and actually care about it because we're supposed to care about this christian missionary group going to help people in burma but they don't give us enough character for us to care about their own well-being other than just they're going to be do something good, which is fine. I get that. I like that about this film. But you had to give me something in return for me to care about these characters that are going into this dangerous place. And it wasn't until the stealth scene, which I do I do like the stealth scene in this one compared to the other two. Um, I think this one worked the best out of, the, out of all of them, except for the first one. I think the first one, it's stealth scene when... Uh, Stallone's like taking out those guys. I feel like that one worked the best. Um, But I do like this one a lot because it kind of like, maybe it's because the rest of the film is just kind of like, like kind of getting me to do something, trying to get me to care, but I don't really care, you know? And then the movie just kind of wraps up and has this insanely awesome action sequence at the end. But at the same time, it's so short and takes so long to get there that at the end, when it finishes, it's like, that was fun. But then there's no more of the movie left for me to care about. In First Blood Part 2, I like that action sequence at the very end because the whole movie was drained from all this action. And when it got to this ending scene, it was so much fun. It made up 
make almost completely made up for the rest of the film being you know just so boring. This one's not that. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I really like this ending action scene, but there's not enough there for me to care about. It doesn't feel like Rambo, like a Rambo action scene. It's just insane, over the top action. So, and I don't feel like, and I was thinking about this. I don't feel like Rambo changes much in the story at all. He doesn't really. There's nothing much that he goes through. You know, he just is there to solve an issue. In the last two, he actually had something to him. You know. And especially in three, when I felt like he was humanized the most out of these three, not not including the first one, um, this one doesn't have. I don't feel like Rambo learns much in this movie, and that's bad because in the other and all the other ones he has. So as my final rating, I'm probably gonna give this movie a five. And it's and um, it's not a very high five. It's more on the generous side of a five. Would I recommend it? I don't think I would. I mean, unless you really, really like action, then you're probably going to like it. But it doesn't come till towards the end of the movie. When that's when it, when it goes like really over the top. So I'm going to have to say probably a mild not recommend. Which is funny because I've recommended everyone out, every other movie on this franchise. And this one being the second highest rating on IMDb is my lowest of all of them. And I don't think I like this one as much. I feel the complete same way. This film honestly it just feels unnecessary as far as they went i felt they exhausted rambo as, as much as they could by the time we got to rambo 3 the character the story the character development everything was exhausted they really don't introduce anything new in this film and what is introduced is just annoying i really have issues with the missionaries and the mercenaries i have major major issues with them that really bring down this movie for me and i feel like after 20 years sylvester stallone does not step back into the character of rambo very well he does not feel true to the character with his portrayal which really disappointed me also i was disappointed by the there is action but again, there's just this lack of action. It, they just don't keep up the intensity like First Blood did. First Blood was just so prime with how they just kept the pacing and the intensity continually going. There was almost never any dull moments at all in that film. Whereas this film, it's just really... I felt like Sylvester Stallone saw a crisis going on in Burma. So he decided to make a film where Rambo intervenes and he knows that audiences 20 to 30 years ago were used to that so we thought maybe he could do that now so almost in a way it feels more so meant as political propaganda in a way or just something Sylvester Stallone can make to show that we need to change the situation in Burma to change what's going on to help things out I was sadly disappointed this was the second time I saw it I remember the first time I saw it I thought you know, this is fine. It's not too bad. The second time around, sadly, I just wasn't going in for it. This has less action than Rambo 3. I enjoyed the action in Rambo 3 more than I enjoyed this one. This one just felt like they were trying to up the ante with the violence. Not to say the previous films weren't violent, but this was just stepping into carnage territory. So... With all that said, the issues, the cons don't outweigh the pros. I will say, I mean, 
it's hard to give very many positives to this movie honestly if you want this kind of if you want this go watch first blood part two because this is just kind of a reprisal of first blood part two which makes sense because that was the highest grossing rambo film it was insanely popular i mean it just blew up i mean it sparked uh cartoon series comic books books in general uh dozen video games i mean it was huge audiences loved it and honestly i feel like they're really trying to you know the greatest hits from that and we kind of actually get that in that montage sequence we get kind of like the greatest hits album you know yeah but sadly this is not the greatest hits i am agreeing with alan this is the lowest probably on my totem pole for the films i am also giving this film five stars out of ten and i am giving this film a mild not recommend and we actually agree once we agree well hey we've come full circle right like Troutman said, <laughs> true. we both gave it's number true. one eight stars, and we have you go back and listen to our review of the second and third one to hear our reviews on that. But <laughs> I just I, I can't recommend this movie. Sadly, I feel like it's not worth your time. There are far better action films out there. If you're wanting action, if you're wanting a drama or a movie that's trying to make a political statement, there are far better films out there that. And they're they're political thrillers. That's the main point. What's hard is when you try and make a gritty action film and a political thriller at the same time. That is just a genre blend that really doesn't match up well, I feel. So far, anyway, at least from what I've seen here. I mean, yeah. I guess the Jason Bourne movies kind of do that in a way. Well, and, even, okay, even Jason Bourne, they're not like super heavy on like things like this, you know? Right. They're yeah. more of like they're more of like intra government stuff. Right. Which at the same time is they're not trying to like change your mind on something. They're just trying to like what would happen if you know they're they're not you know, they're not like this. They're not like so outspoken. Sure. They're a bit more subtle in their message and stuff. Right. I I I'd say that's probably like the closest cousin though you can yeah, get I'd to something, something like that. That is I feel like that's handled a lot better than these films handle the message. Uh, I'm not trying to knock, I mean, these are worthy causes that need to be stood up for and recognized. I'm not trying to knock those in any way, but when it comes to making a film instead of, as opposed to a documentary, it just doesn't work as well for a theatrical film from the critical standpoint. And some people may think we're being too critical, you know, Hey, just, it's a mindless action movie. Don't be too hard on it. Sure. You could watch it that way. And be completely fine with it. Yeah, the problem I have with that statement, though, is that the movie tries to get the audience to feel for the situation, not just being a mindless action movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are some audience members that really did get invested. Yeah. Probably. But I'm just saying there are... For us personally. Us personally, we didn't. didn't, And there are better films. There are better choices out there that will invest you in the purpose or the cause of the movie. Go watch First Blood. Yeah. Ellen's easily hands down the best one in the series. Absolutely. And it hits you very hard with what we as a people in America used to do when the Vietnam War was ending or did end. It really does. The emotions and the message really work in that. So if anything, stick with the original. The original is best. And if yeah. you're still, I guess, thirsty for more Rambo, I I would probably say one that I guess... St- 
sticks the most true, that makes the most logical sense, is probably First Blood Part 2. Yeah. Rainbow 3 really just doesn't make a lot of sense with what it's trying to with what it's doing right so if you really need it stick with those first two films absolutely the first but make sure to go back and listen to our reviews of those after you've seen them so you don't get anything spoiled for you i guess yeah but with that that wraps up our rambo retrospective series thank you so much listeners for joining us on this adventure that we've undertaken for the retrospective series. <laughs> our very first retrospective. Our very first retrospective series. We will be coming back for another retrospective series. We will be coming back for our Hannibal Lecter retrospective. It's going to get dark, but we're both really excited to discuss those films. We have only seen... I've seen two out of them. I've only seen one. I've seen one. So I'm eager to see where that goes, and we're both really eager for the bonus podcast of Prisoners. We are really, really eager to discuss Prisoners, which yes. and the reason we're pairing it with the Hannibal Lecter series is we feel, I, I personally feel that's a very much spiritual successor to at least the Silence of the Lambs, and they're, they're kind of close uh, spiritual cousins in that way. So got very exciting news. Make sure to head over to podbean.com, look us up, follow us. You can download the episodes on your phone. We will be up on iTunes for you to listen. We're very excited about that. Thank you again so much for coming along with this journey with us for this Rambo Retrospective Series. We look forward to doing many more retrospective series in the future. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter where you can uh, stay up to date with our latest posts and our news Make sure to subscribe to our email newsletter where you can get all access codes to the bonus podcasts we do with every retrospective series. Again, thank you so much. We really look forward to coming back for more reviews. See you next time.